Welcome to the Freedom Fridays Project podcast. I'm Pete Clark, your host, The Whispers Guy. It appears that work expands to the time that we give it, and I started to explore how I was investing my time and effort, particularly on Fridays. It's evolved to an explanation and experiment with time, energy, attention and identity, and a mindset shift from I have to to I choose to. So if you're interested in exploring some changes to the way that you invest your time and your energy, if you'd like some tips on the way as you make some changes perhaps to your identity, if you would like the freedom of I choose to, away from I have to, then this is the podcast for you. So welcome to the Freedom Fridays Project podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Freedom Fridays Project And I'm really excited, brand new thing for me, I've got a guest, I've got an ordinary guy doing an extraordinary thing. And that's what Freedom Fridays is really all about, moving from I have to, to I choose to. So please welcome Alex Muffet. Hey Pete, how are you? I'm very good, thanks sir. Thanks for coming on the the podcast. And I believe that you're a magician. That's very true. Mm. (laughs) What makes you believe that? <laughs> and of course, a magician would say that. Um, Alex, I, I normally start these with uh, a question around the, the big change that you're making. Um, what, what's the big f- I have to to I choose to? So, in, to help other people understand the change, what is that for you? So, for me, I uh, get up every morning, go to work every day, but in the background, I've been a magician for, for 30 years. And what I've learned more recently in the last sort of five, six years being a leader is that a lot of the, the learns that I've got from magic, a lot of the experiences, a lot of the principles and concepts and psychology of magic appear in my leadership and they either have instinctively been, been used to help enhance my leadership right. um, capabilities, I guess, or deliberately used. And so over the years I've gradually weaved them in somehow like, like I said it's either naturally or deliberately and it, I'm finding that it's it's just making me um, a different leader learn more as a leader and be able to get perhaps messages across communication influence etc as a leader just in a different way in a more interesting way right using my passion uh, of both leadership and, and magic combined so the shift recently has been to to start talking about it and cool. telling stories about it and how how it works together. Cool. I'm going to go back to the start, if if I may. I remember as a kid myself, as I'm sure many of the listeners had, you know, getting Marvin's magic set. Yes. Um, and as a parent, it was such an easy gift to buy for the kids because it's a little bit different. And yet, I never continued. Right. What what got you into it, and what made you continue? So Marvin's magic kits are amazing. Before they were around, it was Paul Daniels' magic set. So he's the, the British <laughs> famous magician. And so I, I got that, but I continued with it. And there's a bit of a curiosity is what sort of gets you through it because you kind of want to know how a trick's done when you see it. And they're all colorful, shiny little objects. So they look attractive and the, the box is there. So it's a, a toy box but there's secrets within it, so it becomes even more intriguing. Then it becomes the reactions you get, and I can imagine as a seven-year-old starting out, 
my parents watching me try to do one of these little tricks, they probably saw straight through it. But of course the encouragement and the, oh wow, that's amazing sort of reactions just make you want to do it again. And uh, often, I still today, just think it's the reactions that keep you going. The, right. the people, how they respond and how interested they are in it is, is amazing. So. There's something you said there about secrets. Uh, and I've always wondered, almost around the world, anytime I've been involved in a magic show or anything to do with magic, everybody knows it's a trick. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's an illusion. And yet still we go, wow, what that was amazing. Is it because it's revealing secrets to us, do you think? Uh, I think that people like to be entertained for a start with mm-hmm. magic, but they also like to to have that wow factor in there. They like to be fooled or amazed and just scratch their heads at something because it is different, isn't it? It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. And I, when I was at university uh, doing fine art, I, I weaved together illusion in art, nature and magic and I studied someone called Professor Gombrich who talked around illusion through expectation and it's how magicians set up a train of expectations, a semblance of familiar situations that causes our minds to run ahead and trick themselves, trick our own minds because we jump ahead to conclusions and that's kind of how we get tricked. It's our prior experiences in life getting altered some way. Yeah. And so magic's all about trying to do something relatively naturally, but there's something going on obviously in the background that the magician knows, but the other person's taken on this journey of everything looks natural so far and then bam, something just changes that is the magic, that's the bit. And that's what makes people go, well, I was never expecting that. Because their, their mind has run ahead and completed itself. And that's interesting you say about being tricked. Because I sense, you know, in, in general life, if I feel like I've been tricked, it's not a good feeling. If I've been sold something that I didn't mm-hmm. want to be sold, if I've been given fake information, it doesn't feel great. But what do magicians have over us that we know it's a trick? And yet we can go, brilliant, you've tricked me, fantastic. It is probably the fact that you know you're being entertained. So you you know you're in a safe environment right. where you've not got a con artist trying to take something from you or trick mm. you. It is that entertainment. You're either paying for it yourself or you're part of an audience uh, watching a, a show. And that becomes acceptable. So uh, often I say that the magician is the most honest person in the room because they tell you they're going to lie to you and then they actually do. So, <laughs> And everyone accepts that. The audience gives that perm- permission to the magician to lie and be deceiving. And there's a bit of a contrast with that whole being honest and being deceiving. It's a bit of a battle as a magician in, in life because you, you're kind of being a liar on one part, part of your life, yeah, but you're, you're doing it in the name of entertainment. So it's okay to do that. And the audience accepts that because they know this is a magician. He's here to entertain us. He's not here to to try and get one over on us. Yeah, wow. Um, in a little bit of the research I did, Alex, uh, I found out that there are obviously different types of magician. What sort of magician are you? I would class myself as, well, my branding is kind of this English gentleman, close-up, sleight-of-hand artist. Right, right. Uh, but of course there's illusionists, there's grand illusionists. Uh, there's silent magicians who perform to music with manipulation and sleight of hand. 
um, it's an art form really and it's it's one of the most difficult art forms out there because you you've got to be artistic in some way visually um, the sound but then there's psychology and deception underlying it all that has got to be practiced as well so it's a uh, it's a tough kick and um, but it's an exciting one it's a challenge what are some of the the myths that the the general public would expect from a magician or you know what would they assume that you can perhaps debunk for us um, I think that oh, it's a, that's a difficult one the when I think of what they the audience asks me a lot it's always the can you make my wife disappear <laughs> um, can you and of course uh, the answer is no well, sometimes I grab their arm and ran out of the room just as a joke. <laughs> but um, no, can you pull a rabbit out of a hat? All these sort of cliches, I suppose they mm. are. But I am. Um, well, l let's move on for a second. Yeah. Are you a geek, a, a magician's geek, and how much of a magic geek are you? If you ask my wife that question, she would say a huge geek. <laughs> um, I, I, probably a book. Geek. So I've been collecting right. books for since I was seven. So maybe four or five hundred magic books uh, in a library at home wow. that surround me, that then inspire me, the creativity, etc. And I'll just go to one of those books if I want to learn a particular piece yeah. uh, for inspiration as well. There's lots on theory, lots on actual teaching magic, of course. Yeah. So that's the geek in me. It's buying books. I wouldn't say I'm a trick geek. Um, a lot of magicians buy tricks and get addicted to doing that. I've done a little bit of that over the years, but a lot of what I do is the sleight of hand. So I'd rather uh, do magic with everyday objects that people own or just an ordinary pack of cards. Uh, or if you go to a restaurant, something in the restaurant, something in the hotel, something in the bar, things that you can pick up to, to make it more natural. Right. Um, so in terms of geekiness, it would, I don't think magic's a geeky profession. It's um, an art form, isn't it? It's an art form, yeah. It's, it's not like going to a, a Star Trek convention, but we do have <laughs> magic conventions. <laughs> so I don't know what the perception from the public would be of someone going to a magic convention, but uh, for me, yeah, it's a place to, to learn and watch amazing things happen. Yeah, artists you know, cool. apply their craft. Can, can I ask a personal question? Um, we're both recording this, we're both Brits in, in Australia. Um, I was blown away when I first came across Darren Brown in the UK. Yeah, he's amazing. Now, Darren Brown is your kind of version of mentalist, psychologist, illusionist, magician, etc. And he's done some amazing, quite confronting TV programs and documentaries. For those that don't know Darren, can you give us just 30 seconds on what he does and, and what do you think of what he does? So, what he does is amongst the best in the world and every magician would tell you that so he is a psychological illusionist using the powers of suggestion mind control uh, as well as being one of the best sleight of hand card magicians in the world but he doesn't do any of that he used to but so he's got it but he uses just purely the mind stuff and, and does he actually control our mind are we that 
unconscious that someone like that who's so practiced, so artful, so masterful, they can actually control our mind? He's as close to a Jedi as you would get. (laughs) And yes, the suggestion is talking to the unconscious mind. The, The unconscious is more powerful than the conscious mind. So if you can talk to the unconscious and it's sort of getting into the the hypnotism uh, realm now, but that's what makes it powerful. So yeah, the powers of suggestion and uh, enabling people to think in a certain way, um, he'll talk to them and just by talking to them, he'll be able to plant things in their mind that he can then reveal later on. What do you think of some of the confronting documentaries that he's he's filmed? Because some of them... You know, I remember one where he had he he put people into a trance, and had them then placed into a a, a warehouse where they had to literally kill zombies, mm. and it was real people dressed up as zombies, and they, he woke them up, and it was so confronting. My, one of my concerns was when that person came out of that, mm. what memories would they have? What what would they be carrying with them? for mm. days, weeks, months, years, a lifetime. Is, is that is that a fair question? It is a fair question. I think that he is so professional and his team that they're never going to let anyone come to any harm. So I'm not a hypnotist, so I, or I don't use this in my work, but he would always move them out of whatever um, state they've been in very safely so that they... Uh, just carry on leading a normal life Mm. but it was part of their life prior to that it's an experience they've gone through Mm. and whether they remember uh, exactly everything that happened or how it happened or not who knows Mm. it's um but yeah it's it's a totally different form of entertainment if you like and he does go down that kind of shocking route he's had people even uh, get on the brink of pushing someone off a building yes I've seen that it's um, extraordinary it's very uncomfortable to watch it is and that it just shows what's possible yeah that the human mind how far it can be stretched and what's possible uh, so I find them fascinating but yeah, yeah he's a, a different league he Darren is. I'd love to chat to you more perhaps offline Alex or maybe we can get you back for a second and talk much more about the whole mind control unconscious you know the kind of way that we fall into suggestion from other people but I, I do want to move on if that's all right and talk about this change that you're making this big from to um, if someone was looking to make a change in their life whether it you know going from a nine-to-five job to becoming a magician um, going from the family home to a, a new home because your kids have gone if it was from a particular profession to something else the journey that you've gone on do you have any top tips in in what to look out for on the way well it starts with you've got to be passionate about it really have a passion that drives you within to Mm. to have this burning desire to to do something different uh, and take the leap and does that come from inside you as opposed to outside you? I'd say, yeah, it's something that you... Th- for me, the magic is something that I think about every single day. Right. And probably within every hour of every day, there's <laughs> some kind of thought coming in. So 
there's a drive there to want to do more of that in my life and how can I blend that into my life uh, while doing my normal day job as well. Um, so people find a way. So transitioning from one thing to another um, is, I guess you've got to plot, plot your, your course on how you want to do it um, and think of the, the obstacles that might come up in the way but with your, your drive and your passion, you just get through it. And um, So whatever obstacles come up, whether you've planned for them or not, this internal drive, this passion for the topic or the goal or what you imagine the objective to be, that sees you through that challenge anyway? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think for me, I've changed course a few times over the years and thought right. I'm trying to jump into jump ahead into something too too difficult so I need to take the baby step so it's about just recalibrating and going well actually this is the step I need to take so ultimately I'd like to to be a speaker around the the magic the storytelling the, the leadership okay. connections and in the past I've maybe tried to assume I can just jump straight into that so I've decided to take baby steps by dipping my toe in the water in storytelling, very short ones, and seeing how people are reacting to that and seeing if people are interested in it. And then you find that you get validation along the way and then that takes you on your, your course uh, that, and it grows from there. So you've got to be prepared to just change, uh, have a backup plan. In, in magic they call it preparing your outs. There's always, <laughs> if a trick goes wrong, the audience sometimes doesn't know it's gone wrong because your your out has saved you that you pre-prepared. Right, and and in making the change, have you had to explore your identity? Uh, I think I, in a way, yes. In terms of uh, maturity, credibility as well comes mm -hmm. into it. Um, what have I done in my life that people are going to be interested in? Uh, ten years ago, I was thinking about this, but I felt I'm too young. I haven't done enough. Mm. Lack of experience, lack of credibility. Who's going to Who's going to want to listen? So there's a bit of that self-checking, um, but then really, you just need to just take a look at yourself and look in the mirror and go, "Well, I have got something that people want to listen." Yeah. and want to hear about and you, you just have to know that little bit more than everyone else in the room and you, you're fine mm. really. So I'm reflecting on what you've said and I've, I've come across that myself and I've, I've spoken and written about it this the whole idea of imposter syndrome of self-doubt kicking in and you know I'm not good enough mm. that, that's why I reflect on what you're talking about um, how, how have you overcome that beyond just looking in the mirror and going hey Alex you can do this Anything else that you've done that has helped you overcome those doubts? Um, probably practice. Uh, if I've doubted myself on something, then I've put myself out there to, to then try it and see what response I get from it. And if it works, then you've got that validation you, you need to, to know that, well, I don't need to have that doubt anymore. And if it's not quite worked, then you need to do something else to, to shift that feeling. And it may be that you're just doubting yourself on the wrong thing. Um, 
but everyone else's perception is is totally fine. Mm. So, was there ever was there ever a fork in the road that you came to, when you had a choice, go down this route, this is probably what's going to happen, go down that route, that's what's probably going to happen, and you had to make a choice about which path you took. Uh, certainly, with either being a this was many years ago, being a professional magician or getting a career uh, outside of magic. I used to want to be a full-time professional because it was the passion and still is a huge passion in my life, of course. But then there's the sensible me that needs that stable income and uh, needs something else as well. And also having your own business in the thing you're most, most passionate about potentially there's the danger that you might lose the passion and that's happened to a few of my my friends right. back in the UK who who are professional magicians but I know one of them particularly has lost his passion for it because of the pressure of having his own business on it right so it's I, turned from a hobby into a job yeah and I would never want to lose that particular mm. drive and enjoyment of magic so mm. that was a fork in the road for well no I'm always going to have magic on the side Right. and accept that and go and make a career for myself um, that supports me and my family uh, going forward so that'd be a big one um, and then I guess nowadays uh, the fork is well I'm at this point now where I want to tell my stories of leadership and how magic has influenced me as a, a leader and which road is best to go down to to be more effective with that because mm. I really enjoy what I'm doing in my my career and how can the magic enhance that um, and bring in more enjoyment as well at the same time cool um, what uncomfortable truths have you had to face um, that I'm not the best magician out there that when I was <laughs> 16 years old because you thought you were yeah so when I was 16 someone uh, a mentor said you've got sleight of hand ability, ability to be one of the best magicians in the world and I was 16 and I showed him a trick where I had a 50 pence piece that he he examined it as a normal 50 pence piece etc and I just put my finger through it and it was my own method of, of doing it and he because I'd created it and performed it well and he it's the illusion of putting your finger through a coin and then passing it back to them to examine. He just said, you've got that ability to be one of wow. the best in the world. So I then had a little bit of an ego trip and thought, well, I do. But mm. there's certain things that I do that I know is up there, but to be at that level, you've got to be consistently good at all things. And um, So I've accepted that I'm not going to reach the Copperfield level and... Um, Darren Brown level yeah. and I'm content with, with what I'm doing right now so that was probably a, a bit of a wake up call where in my teens I thought I'm, I'm going to be David Copperfield <laughs> didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> no you're just Alex Moffat that's right yeah <laughs> um, Alex I'm, I'm really grateful for the things you've shared Just, are there, are there any questions that I haven't asked that you think I should be asking you to help inform others who want to make a big change um, let me have a think what support have you got outside okay. to help you do it mm. um, we need that kind of outer 
immediate yeah. ring to help us with yeah. the ups and the downs and That's the kind it. of normal life stuff. Yeah, family, you know, my wife hates magic. But she's, <laughs> Is that right? But she's still supportive of me in doing it. Is that right? She, she, she really hates she magic. She actually hates the magic side because she's seen it for, we've been together 22 years. Right. I don't show her tricks anymore because right. there's just no point. She loses interest within two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's the kids now that get the, the magic before yeah. I've got to practice something. So, yeah, what support have you got outside? So she's very supportive on it. Yep. But if I needed to practice a trick, I'd go to normal people outside my family or, or my children, of course, sometimes very good audiences. Mm. Um, and then professional support. You know, who, who uh, have you got a mentor that's guided you? Right. Um, would be a good and does question. the mentor have to have... So as a magician, does the mentor have to be another magician? Or does the mentor have to be someone that's gone through a big change? Or is it a non-linear mentor? So for a magician, and, and any art musician, for example, as well, you, you'd want someone who knows a fair bit about that. So um, I've had a couple of magic mentors over the years. But as you know, Pete, having um, a diverse sort of range of skills or having an interest outside of another interest is also it broadens your mind and you get inspired and influenced and more mm. creative by just being interested in other things so having a, a mentor outside of of magic is also very powerful because they will see things that you don't because as a magician you're very linear or as a mu musician you're just thinking about music all the time so mm. having people who can uh, help you in ways that you hadn't thought about and that might be in a business sense because show business is the show and there's the business mm -hmm. isn't there so um, you've got to be good at both sides and someone else perhaps might be able to help you with the business side of things more and the marketing and the branding the advertising um, the connections the networking the stuff that you don't learn while you sat in your bedroom as a kid practicing tricks yeah I noticed that online you've started to share some of your stories on LinkedIn what uh, inspired you to do that? So that was uh, taking the plunge. So I'm not a storyteller by nature. It's not something I've ever practiced uh, in a structured way. So stepping out of my comfort zone to tell the stories of the experiences I've gone through in magic and how they have influenced me as a leader. So like I said before, instinctively or deliberately been applied. And they're short stories, two minute read, three minute read type stories where I'm just dipping my toe in the water now and seeing what response I'm getting, which has been overwhelming. I've been really pleased with the reactions from uh, people that I know, but also people that I don't know, just coming out of the woodwork and um, validating that I'm onto something here. And the psychology of magic in business has been written about previously. It's not something that's new, uh, but done in a storytelling way right. uh, is something that I'm... I'm trying. Cool. And if somebody wanted to connect with you online, how do they find out more about Alex Moffat? So there's my website, alexmoffat.com.au. So that's A-L-E-X? Yeah, M-O-F-F-A-T. And that's the, the magic websites. That's got a bit of what I do on the, the close-up magic. And I talk a lot on there about enduring memories and creating memories because that's what magic's about. It's not just turning up and showing a, a mm. trick. It's about leaving that audience with something they'll remember for years to come yeah. um, 
and of course on LinkedIn I'm on there with my, my professional career profile yeah uh, there's also a magic profile on there uh, but I'm more focusing on my, my career profile at the moment and weaving in the magic into that great and yeah I, I thought this just struck me is magic predominantly visual it, the, the reason I'm asking the question is obviously this is a podcast this is for listeners yeah are there any auditory tricks there are um, it's predominantly visual mm. when it was first invented if you like the the first tricks in the 1500s right is you know that starts with cups and balls and a few car tricks and that's what we still do now today cups and balls and car tricks <laughs> <laughs> along with a lot of other stuff so predominantly visual but there are um, now with the obviously the COVID world we're in magic's become a bit more virtual which is still visual through a screen but the magic is happening in the people's homes with their own pack of cards or their own object they've got their own piece of paper so they kind of create the magic in their own hands again visually and then there's there's a lot of mind stuff so I suppose what we were talking about with Darren earlier it's you're watching a TV show and it's visual but the magic's happening in their minds um, and so yeah there's lots of psychological trickery that magicians can do as well where you don't even need to have an object you could just be talking to someone right. and um, helping influence them somehow and what that struck for me is that the psychological trickery we actually do on ourselves mm -hmm. without realizing we're doing it yeah and we're falling for tricks in inverted commas all day every day all day just looking outside here is an illusion when it comes to perspective and objects of certain sizes and places and there's something called inattentional blindness that goes on every day all around us so you and I just walking here will have missed a hell of a lot of things mm -hmm because we're focused on something else and when you put your attention so much on one thing you miss something else that's going on yeah and that's why we have car accidents uh, why we might um, miss miss an opportunity in work because we're we're too focused on uh, one task so much maybe with passion and too much heart that something else is going on that really is important yeah. that you should have noticed yeah. so that that's just another form of misdirection a magic technique but with our minds that happens in everyday life. Alex, it's been a, a pleasure and a, a personal geekery for me to chat a little bit about magic and also the, the steps you've taken. I'm going to finish, if you don't mind, with some quick-fire questions. Yep. The idea being you're going to give me the first thought. Um, I've planted a seed already in your mind <laughs> and we're just looking for the first answer. You've got to pull something out of a hat. Rabbits or doves? Ooh, I'd have to see, do the rabbit. The rabbit, okay. Yeah. David Copperfield or David Blaine? David Copperfield's always been my hero. I still love David Blaine though. But if I had to meet someone today, it'd be Copperfield. Copperfield. Yeah. Who's the best? Copperfield. Who'd you like to share a stage with? Is <laughs> the same answer? <laughs> Probably Copperfield, yeah. Um, but there's a whole array. Like I'd love to uh, meet Penn and Teller. You know, they're hilarious yeah. and very clever. I'd love to to hang out with David Blaine um, just very interesting person who does strange things so yeah, yeah. final question what's your favourite magic word Ooh, now you're trying to get me to say things like abracadabra <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Shazam. Um, Shazam. Magic word. Expectation. Expectation. Because we're all, like I mentioned earlier, it is illusion through expectation. That's the reason why we get tricked. Prior cool. expectations. Alex, thank you very much. Thank you for your time and thank you for your, your insights. Thanks, Pete.